I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my daughter, Aaliyah, and my friend, Rivka. And this is a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How are you today, Aaliyah? I'm great. How are you? Good. Have you been listening to any new music today? Yeah. So I've recently been watching the show Falcon and Winter Soldier, and the composer for that show is Henry Jackman, who also wrote the music for Captain America Civil War and Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh. And it is a phenomenal score. There are several amazing moments that I really want the tracks to come out so I can listen to them. <laughs> so I'm just going through the show. Um, but yeah, he did a really good job with that. So that's what I've been listening awesome. to. When, when will they release the score for that? Um, they released like two or three tracks for the last like three episodes. I think probably like one track per episode, like a week ago or something. Okay. So it's pretty behind. Well, I hope it comes out soon. I, I have enjoyed the score, although typically when we watch something, um, the first thing you comment on and judge the the quality of the production by is the score. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and for me, it enhances the show and I love listening to it afterwards, but it's not quite as important. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. I'll have to listen to that um, separate from from when I'm watching it. So Rivka, how are you today? Just wonderful. Thank you. Good. Anything uh, good happening in your life lately? Well, we have, um, <laughs> it's, it's supposed to be 83 or something. It's degrees today here Ooh. this weekend. So that is exciting for April because I know we still have a couple of months of rain coming, but also right. yesterday I got into my car after running some errands and it was so hot. It was like 90 degrees in my car and I had to turn on the AC and like that scent of, you know, Freon came in and, <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I'm ready for this yet. It's too early. So then I decided I really was like a Pacific Northwesterner at that point. <laughs> I was like, this is too hot. Don't do it. Uh, nice. Well, I'm sure being the Pacific Northwest that won't last. So no. uh, you won't, you won't have no. to deal with that every day. So no, we, dr- we drink it in, in these spring months when the sun comes out. Yep. I love it. Well, awesome. I'm happy to be with both of you today. We're going to talk about the talk teaching in the savior's way by Jan E. Newman, second counselor in the Sunday school general presidency. And as you would imagine from someone who is in the Sunday school general presidency, his talk is about teaching. So um, I really enjoyed this talk. I thought it was really awesome. Teaching is something I feel pretty passionate about and something I really love to do. But Aaliyah, um, what was your big takeaway from this talk? Um, for me, when I was watching it the first time, something I wrote down in my little book was that we're supposed to learn about Christ and his methods of teaching and his way of being and then try and emulate that in our way of being and our teaching methods. So I just thought that was interesting that that's one of the things he mentions is studying the life of Christ. 
Fantastic. I heard um, Hank Smith on a podcast. And for those who aren't um, aware of who he is, he's a very popular teacher and speaker in the church. He does a lot of youth teaching and speaking and he has books and, you know, recorded talks and everything. Anyway, he just released a book about parables and he sort of jokingly said, if you want to teach like the savior, you'll walk into a room, tell a random story and then leave. (laughs) 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 And he said, don't tell people what the story means. Like just tell it and then leave. Um, I thought that was really funny. And then he went on to explain, you know, how, parables have layers and depth and you can, they can mean something different to you over your life or whatever. But I thought of that as I read this talk this week and I thought, Oh, that seems like a great way to, to uh, get released from your calling. (laughs) So anyway, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Aaliyah. So teaching the way the savior would have us teach Rivka, what did you think? What was your big takeaway from this? Um, well, I've, I have sat through a lot of teacher training meetings and teaching in the Savior's way, Sunday school classes through the years, a lot of them for callings. And um, every time for me, the basic message boils down to, to you have to know and love what you're teaching in order to be an effective teacher. That was Mm. one of the Savior's things. He, it was his gospel. He knew it. He loved the gospel. He loved the people he was teaching. And so that's one of the big things you have to know it and you have to love it in order to be an effective teacher. And um, then also as um, a learner of the gospel, for me, one of the big takeaways in this talk was that, um, your testimony is your own. Um, in sort of mid-talk, when he's talking about uh, the subheading is remember that conversion is personal, that it comes from within. And one of the things that he said that really stuck out to me was a parent's responsibility. Um, that doesn't make sense if I don't read before. Hang on just a minute. He's talking about <laughs> he's talking about as we do the Come Follow Me program and teaching at church. And then he says a parent's responsibility is similar in many ways. Children inherit many things from their parents, but a testimony is not one of them. That was mm. a really profound statement to me in this talk. Um, and so that was one of the things like my big takeaways from this talk was that our testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ is ours alone. And I wrote in my margin, the ability to receive the converting and enabling powers of Jesus Christ through the Holy Ghost is not dependent on the status of your parents' testimonies or your spouse's testimony. Those powers are made available through sacred covenants you individually make and keep. So for me, that was a big takeaway too here in this learning thing. We can teach as the Savior and we do it with knowledge and with love, which requires preparation and personal investment. And then as we're learning the gospel, again, it's preparation and investment. Yeah. In the gospel. That is fantastic. And so to sum it up, um, you treasure up the words of salvation in your heart, and then you prepare and and invest and are ready um, in, your, in your own personal life. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I, I think it's exactly the same counsel that Hiram Smith has given. 
early on when he was told, you don't go preaching yet, but study it out in your heart first, and then you teach it. Okay. How do you square that with the sections we just read where people who had been members of the church for days or weeks were called on missions? Or Edward Partridge was, what was it? He'd been a member three days when he was called as the bishop of the church. Isn't that incredible? You just think, oh my gosh, talk about a life altering experience for these people. Yeah. You know, who in the months beforehand. I, you know, as we read about these particular people in the DNC, and I guess maybe this is how I square it, is that there had been preparation before done by them through the Spirit. Mm-hmm. before they officially joined the church. Right. You know, many of them were, were they joined because they had been looking. They had had questions. They'd had desires. They had a love of God. They wanted to know the truth. Um, and that, you know, so that preparation was already there. And and the joining of the church was that that ordinance that they participated in, entering into a covenant that gave them the ability to have the, the gift of the Holy Ghost with them to do the work yeah. as you teach. Um, so you would have the master's influence with you through the spirit. I guess that's how I would square it. You know, we think about preparation just having to happen right in the church, but I think we've all known people who have, who have joined the church. And if you've had any sort of experience with, with that sort of missionary endeavor, you know, the preparation that goes on in those people's lives before they ever are baptized. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I I totally 100% agree with that. I think also in that situation, as it said in the Come Follow Me manual, nobody had been a member of the church for more than six months <laughs> because the church wasn't any more than six months old. Um, I had a really great experience when I came home from my mission and taught in the MTC. Um, as I was coming home, they were having visa problems getting people back into Portugal and our mission went from, you know, 150 missionaries. At one point, we were, de- we were down to like 50 or 60 missionaries. I mean, almost to the point that, you know, the mission couldn't sustain itself. And um, people were going out, you know, waiting in the States and, you know, just taking forever to get in. And <clears throat> so I taught this district in the MTC. And we had the most incredible experience. These these young men and women were all going to Portugal and they picked up the language in a way that I have never seen before with any other group of people. And it was incredible. And they were using like advanced, um, you know, grammar, like the subjunctive tense and all these weird things that some missionaries didn't get their whole time out, you know, by the end of their MTC time. And this is back in the old days when you would go to the one MTC for nine weeks and you, it was just like this crazy long, intense experience. And they were so good at the language. And within weeks of them getting out into the mission field, they were senior companions. One of them was called as a branch president. Like they were just thrust into these situations where they had to teach and be ready. And the Lord um, prepared them, just as you said, the Lord prepared them before they got there. And in this case, he made them more than they could have been on their own. They all had the gift of tongues. Like every last one of them had the gift of tongues. And it was just an incredible experience to see. So um, I am a huge believer in preparation. And I, I, I believe that that's what brings you self-confidence. But I also believe that the Lord will make up for for the difference and, and for your lack. So Absolutely. He magnifies 
he magnifies everyone when they participate in his work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Aaliyah, did uh, what? What other quotes stuck out to you? Now that we sort of talked about what generally um, stuck out to you about this talk, what quotes really hit home for you? So I liked the part where he was talking about um, teaching and like trying to explain something to someone and not being able to, for them not being able to really understand what you're saying unless they've experienced it. So I think he was talking about um, a golf course in Scotland, and. Whoa, 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 whoa. A <laughs> golf course in Scotland? Sorry. Time out. Um, <laughs> the old <laughs> course at St. Andrews, Scotland. I've never heard of this before. I don't know oh, what it is. Um, the golf course in the world. This is the original golf course. Like, oh, really? this is This is like the mecca of golf. This is where oh. you go if you love golf. You know, if in your heart you, right, you have right, to right. go to St. Andrews in, in Scotland. So... Yeah, see. well, see, there you go. You're proving the <laughs> yeah, point right now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Even just as he was explaining it, I was like, I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like I wouldn't appreciate it unless I was actually there. Even if I was there, I don't know if I would appreciate it <laughs> because I'm not a golf person. <laughs> but maybe I would because um, Scotland is cool. Anyways, so his point <laughs> was um, you can't really feel like it and understand um, you know, his feelings for this place, unless you've been there. And he says, it'll be like looking at a postcard or someone else's vacation photos. Um, and he says, so it is with the word of God. We can teach it. We can preach it. We can explain it. We can talk about it. We can describe it. We can even testify of it. But until a person feels the sacred word of God distill upon his or her soul, like the dews from heaven through the power of the spirit, it will be looking like looking at, it will be like looking at a postcard or someone else's vacation photos. <laughs> um, so this reminded me of a section in Preach My Gospel um, where it talks about teaching with the Spirit. Um, and it says that it's essential because um, the Spirit teaches truth. And so our job is to allow the Spirit to teach that truth. So there's a scripture in Doctrine and Covenants 50, verses 17 through 22. And it says, Verily I say unto you, he that is ordained of me and sent forth to preach the word of truth by the comforter in the spirit of truth, does he preach it by the spirit of truth or some other way? And if it be by some other way, it is not of God. And again, he that receiveth the word of truth, does he receive it by the spirit of truth or some other way? If it be some other way, it is not of God. Therefore, why is it that ye cannot understand and know that he that receiveth the word by the spirit of truth receiveth it as it is preached by the spirit of truth? Wherefore, he that preacheth and he that receiveth understand one another, and both are edified and rejoice together. So I like that um, the part of the scripture where it says, he that receiveth the word receiveth it as preached by the spirit of truth. Because the spirit is the ultimate teacher of, of clear, straight up truth without any, anything that, you know, humans can do to twist it or look at it through a lens of, you know, modern day or use flowery words or not use eloquent words. And the, if you bring the spirit in when you're teaching, then the spirit is going to teach what needs to be taught and nothing that you, you know, me butchering that quote, isn't going to affect it as long as the spirit is there <laughs> to teach the truth that's trying to be taught. So I like that part a lot. So teaching through the spirit um, is the key instead of relying on, on yourself. Mm-hmm. 
So let me bring in sort of an object lesson. Um, so I hate to be the guy always telling mission stories, but I guess that's what I'm doing today. Um, so on my mission, <clears throat> excuse me, I uh, lived on an island called Madeira, which just happens to be the best place on our planet. <laughs> and, objectively, um, of course. <laughs> objectively, this is a measurable fact. And um, <laughs> they have a be- like an incredible... Um, fireworks show on New Year's Eve. And I was up in the mountains and I wasn't allowed to go down into the city and stay up late and watch it. Um, and so it was always my goal to go back there. And I kept telling my family this over and over. I don't know how many times Aaliyah has heard me talk about this in her life. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> and then um, eventually in, I think it was 2017, 2018, you know, switching into 2018, we went there and we watched the fireworks show. So, Aaliyah, what was the difference between me um, telling you about it for your whole life and you going there and experiencing it? Um, I think, I mean, there's a big difference. Uh, fireworks are great, and, like, I love a good fireworks ever, but, like, nothing can can adequately describe the feeling of actually being there. And, like, it's just mind-blowing. <laughs> and uh, you don't get that feeling when my dad has just tried to tell me about it. Like, you have to actually experience it. And I know yeah. that like when we travel and stuff or, or if, if we're taking pictures of places we've been, I know that my dad edits pictures and my mom is always like, why are you editing the picture? It's not real or natural or whatever. And, and his response is always um, to make it feel like you're there or like to, to mm-hmm. more adequately represent the feeling of actually being there. So even though it's less realistic, it's more edited and processed. It's not as raw it more it captures the feeling of of actually being in that place rather than just yeah. looking at the picture but yeah. it's still not enough like you still really have to be there yeah and i i think um for the sake of my marriage i should say that your impression of your mother was terrible <laughs> and it sounded nothing like her and uh, well, she is a... yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um and you're going to see her today, so uh, maybe <laughs> I won't let her know that that's how you think that she sounds. Um, <laughs> well, that's not how I think that she sounds. I was just, you know. Yeah, so as you were saying, you know, I, I take the pictures in a way. I want people to feel the same feeling when they look at the picture that I felt, or as close as you can get, that I felt when I was there. And with the fireworks, the way the fireworks are lit off, they're all around you, and to be just like engulfed in it and feel the you know, concussions as they explode and to, you know, smell the smoke and I like you, you can't replicate it. And, and he's getting to that here that, um, you have to have the spirit as you teach and they have to feel the spirit. And I think the other point he's getting at here is something he hits on a few times is no matter how good of a teacher you are, and no matter what influence you have, you have to inspire the student to continue learning on their own. They have to come with their own, come to a place where they gain their own testimony, as, as Rivka um, was saying. And so I think that summed up um, back in one of the earlier paragraphs when he says he was talking about a teacher that he loved. And he said, he taught doctrine, but he also invited me to learn it on my own. And um, that was really inspiring to me. I, you know, I, I don't know if it's just pride or a self-centered approach. Like what, when I teach, I just I want to like get up there and just help people feel the same thing that I feel. And I want them to be so inspired and just like, you know, I want to just take their hearts in my hands and convert them, you know, and, and that's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. 
The spirit does that. I don't do it. And the best thing you can do is encourage them to go learn on their own and really dig in deep and get their own testimony. So um, that to me was a really powerful reminder um, about really helping people to use their agency for their own, their own good. Uh, Rivka, did you have anything to add to that discussion? Gosh, I had a lot of thoughts as you guys were talking about it. One of the thoughts was um, he, in here he says, we can't give our children or the people we're teaching a testimony any more than we can make a seed grow. But we can provide a nourishing environment with good soil free of thorns that would choke the word. We can strive to create the ideal conditions so that our children and others we love can find a place for the seed, hear the word and understand it, and discover for themselves that the seed is good. And I was thinking as you were telling your story about the fireworks, that I am sure that your children's enjoyment of that experience was enhanced by your years of saying, this is so great. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) And your enthusiasm and your love for it, that priming and preparation had to have had to have given them a much more solid foundation to appreciate the grandeur of what they were going to experience than if you'd just taken them and had never mentioned anything before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's very important. And so even when you talk about getting up and wanting to, oh, just like, like drag people into the goodness of the gospel. Sometimes I do think there's a place for that enthusiasm, maybe not for the dragging, but, um, and if you read on, on the Facebook group, you'll hear this story twice now, Todd. So I apologize for that. But, um, I, as I listened to this talk, I was thinking of a, a seminary and Institute teacher of mine. I took several classes from him and I remember the classes being, great and having some profound spiritual experiences in them. But the thing that I have carried with me in the 20 years since then was this image of him and his scriptures. And because I'm a journaler and a writer in of margins, um, I think it spoke to me in a way that maybe it doesn't speak to everyone. His scriptures spoke to me in a way that maybe they didn't speak to everyone, but he clearly shared that trait and mm-hmm. so his scriptures were just like this cacophony of of words and underlining and highlighting. And he would have quotes uh, from modern day prophets written in the margins in red and his own thoughts in blue. And as he would teach, he would be in them and, and um, you know, moving the pages around. And so you could see it, all of it. Um, and sometimes even during classes, he would, if we were having a discussion, he'd stop and be like, well, I'd never thought of that. Or, oh, this helps me understand this. And then he would pause mid class, go <laughs> grab his pen, write stuff in the scriptures that he was oh, speaking cool. of or quote as he was doing it. So it was like this living experience. We watched, I watched him come alive, studying and discussing the gospel. And I knew from the first time I saw those scriptures and through all those years, that's what I wanted my scriptures to look like <laughs> because, <laughs> because I loved the the aesthetic of it. Um, but also because of what I saw that that meant and represented was just his deep love for the scriptures and his, and this almost a relationship that he had with those physical books. And that has stayed with me that, um, 
so the, the particular lessons that he spent time prepping for or all of those things um, were good. But for me, the thing that had the lifelong influence was just his obvious, palpable example of loving studying the scriptures. And yeah, and not the thing that I'm sure, I mean, that's not the sort of thing that you talk about in teacher prep classes very often. And it was not, it could not have been a plan. It was just the way that he was. And because, you know, I, I felt a kinship for that, that has influenced me my whole life. Right. That's an amazing story. So just being an example of love and enthusiasm for the scriptures will help inspire other people. That's awesome. Aaliyah, I would bet the house that you know or could guess what I thought about when I read that quote about the tree and nurturing the seed. (laughs) Oh, I know exactly what it is because I thought about the exact same thing. (laughs) What was it? Um, I was thinking of the Uguay scene from Kung Fu Panda where he talks about um, yes. planting seeds in the ground and uh, Shifu is like, I can choose where to plant the seed and that's no con- illusion or whatever. And Uguay's like, oh, yes, you can plant it, but you can't choose what kind of tree it's going to be. It won't be an apple or an orange. It will be a peach. It will <laughs> be a peach. <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah. I love that scene so much. It's so good. And the music is so good yes. at that part. Yes. So yeah, I totally thought of that. Well, Aaliyah, um, <clears throat> so we do need to start talking about promises and uh, or and invitations. But before we do that, you're about to go on a mission. So mm-hmm. Rivka talked about inspiring people by example of love and enthusiasm for this enthusiasm for the scriptures. What are some ways you can think of that we can help other people be inspired to learn on their own and gain their own testimony and grow on their own? That is a good question. Um, I think one of the things you can do is study with them at the beginning. Um, Like I know, so I've been doing a Preach My Gospel study with some of my friends, which I mentioned before, but it's really fun to, because we'll be reading scriptures, we'll be reading the Preach My Gospel, like paragraphs, and we'll always stop. Like if some of us, if one of us thinks of something, that we'd like, or if we've got like an extra thar insight related to what we're reading, we'll stop the the thing and we'll talk about it for a little bit. And sometimes that only means that means that we only get through like two paragraphs or like you know ten scriptures or whatever. But I think just setting like a good example and and showing what study can be like and that it's not just reading the scriptures, you know, and that study can be fun and enlightening and and insightful. And I think that is a good way because that makes me want to do that same kind of study on my own. Okay. Awesome. So being not just being an example of enthusiasm and love for the scriptures, but of how you actually study scriptures, um, of the, of the functional side of, well, how, how does this work? How do I, you know, actually dig in deep and, and study? So awesome. I love that. And you'll find as a missionary, you'll feel that so many times, you know, you just want to like, oh, take that person and say, you know, if you could, if you had the voice of a Trump, like Elma or a trumpet, you know, yeah, like yeah. you just, you just want to just shout the gospel and have everyone listen. And, and really every, every conversion happens in their heart and mm-hmm. you'll have to find new and exciting ways to inspire people to, to take that journey. So 
Well, uh, let's talk about invitations. So what invitations did each of you find in this talk? Uh, and maybe we'll start with Rivka. Well, um, he gives an invitation to leaders and teachers in every organization of the church to counsel together with parents and youth in order to dramatically improve teaching at every level. Um, and I love that he says this will be achieved by teaching the doctrine and inviting spirit-filled discussions about the truths the Holy Ghost has taught us in the quiet moments of our personal study. So I feel like there's a couple of implied invitations here. One is to have some personal study. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the invitation is have some personal study. Um, and whether you are... Um, whether you are applying this, the principles in this talk as a parent or whether you're applying the principles in this talk as um, in a calling or both, I think this goes. So I feel like the, the primary first invitation is to have a personal study and to invite the Holy Ghost to be with you so that you can be prepared when, when those teaching experiences present themselves. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so, and it brings it back to that preparation. Um, Aliyah, I'm going to talk about the other invitation I found, and then I'll ask you if you found any invitations or if you want to talk about promises, that would be fine too. So the other one I found that was just plain as day, he could not have phrased it more clearly. He said, I invite you to read and study its every word, referring to teaching in the Savior's way. So he invited us to read cover to cover teaching in the Savior's way. And um, I think that's an invitation I'm going to accept. I've sort of skimmed it. I've um, read a few paragraphs here and there, depending on what was going on. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to read it cover to cover. I'm going to take on his challenge here or his invitation, his invitation to act. And, uh, and I'm going to act accordingly. So that one really rang a bell for me. And his promise that he associates with that is its principles will assist you in your efforts to be more Christ-like in your teaching. So that's my plan. And uh, I hope I have a good experience with that. And it helps me to treasure up those words of salvation and be prepared for future teaching opportunities. Um, Aliyah, what are your thoughts? Any invitations to act or, or promises you wanted to talk about? Yeah. So at the very end, I would add another little invitation where he says, the responsibility rests squarely upon each of us to follow the example of the master and teach like him. So um, I think he describes earlier in the talk different ways to do that and kind of elaborates on that idea. But the promise that follows all of those invitations is, as we follow him, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, that we may have his hope, that we may be purified even as he is pure. So I like I think this scripture has shown up multiple other times as well. And it's a really cool idea that as we become like him and follow him, we'll know him when we see him and that it will be like him. And that's how we'll know him. Um, so that's a really cool promise. Yeah, that's an awesome concept. I always think when people say like, be like the savior, I think about um, compassion or charity or kindness or generosity or those things. It doesn't, I don't ever think be like the savior and make yourself a good teacher. And I, I, somehow those two never connected for me, even though we say, even though the manual for teaching in the church is teaching in the savior's way. But I don't think about like, 
by making myself a better teacher, I'm becoming more like Christ. That never really connected for me as a Christ-like attribute. So that's a really cool thing um, to think about by becoming a better teacher. You're becoming more like the Savior. So that's really awesome. Thank you. Well, that was a great discussion. And uh, Aaliyah, can you tell people how to get a hold of us? Yep. So we have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and our usernames on all of those are Words of the Prophets Podcast. And if you want, you can email us at Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com. We post on social media every Sunday and Thursday when our episodes are released. And if you want to listen to the episode before we post it, they are released at like three or four in the morning, depending on what time zone you're in. So if you're if you're an overachiever, you can you can find the episodes before we post them on social media. Fantastic. And next time we're going to talk about Hearts Knit Together by Elder Gary E. Stevenson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. So thank you for joining us today. And until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.